Welcome to the On Life On Us podcast with Ashley and Wendell Christian, a podcast where we discuss real life, real situations, and real relationships. Get some. Welcome back to the On Life On Us podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Wendell. And we are the the Christians. Christians. (laughs) All right. So what's up, Ashley? I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited about this topic. Um, this will be an interesting one. Uh, this kind of will be, this really is like a part two of the first one where we kind of mm-hmm. are branching off from uh, our beginnings before we even knew each other existed. Yeah. And then up to this point. So I think this will be interesting. I think people are interested in knowing more about us uh-huh. as individuals, not just uh, the relationship. So, um, I'm about that action. Let's get right into it. Uh-uh. <laughs> hey, let's get it so cracking. On today's uh, podcast, we're going to be diving into each other's hometown and how growing up in those hometowns have shaped us into the adults we are today. Indeed. So, Miss Ashley. Yes. How about you uh, start this off? How do I start it? Just you, kidding. You are from originally. <laughs> so um, I was actually born in Augusta, Georgia on a, at a military hospital. My dad Ooh. was in the military. And to my knowledge, we lived there till I was about two years old. And then we relocated back up here to Akron, Ohio. And uh, most of my family is from Akron. I would say 90% of us live in Akron. Okay. So what would you say as far as, um, I guess let's start right from the beginning. When did you, I guess, have that realization of like um, my environment or how I'm growing up is kind of shaping who I am today, right? Because obviously your environment, where you're from, shapes the person you are, including the relationships. Um, How did or where did you start realizing like, okay, um, where I'm from is making me into the person I am, but also making me think a certain way about my life or where I want to go. So I would say that, um, okay, let me start here. So when I was a child, we grew up in Channelwood, which is on the Southwest side of Akron. And Southwest, Southwest. Uh-uh. <laughs> the West side is the best side. That's where I'm from. I'm from the West Side. Just ain't from the West Side in Akron, though. <laughs> so we grew up in Channelwood, which is a uh, public housing, and so um, we living in Channelwood was interesting because it was almost like I can't even explain it. All I know is that my mom, she like did not want us to play anywhere else besides the front yard when we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, It was like we couldn't play with the kids that lived behind us. We couldn't play with the kids across the street or anything like that. So I think at that moment, I didn't realize what it meant to live in, like, the projects. How old were you that time? That I can remember. We lived in Channelwood until I was around five or six. Okay. So you got good memory. A little bit. (laughs) So, um, you know, after that, we moved around Akron. Um pretty much all of Akron. I lived on the 
west side at one point we lived on the north side on hickory street that's when the hickory street crew <laughs> was created um and then we kind of moved back to the west side and we lived on roads which was another public housing apartment place and i think it was maybe when we moved there that i realized basically you have to conduct yourself a certain way in life i guess because of what's going on in the outside world mm -hmm. so um it was kind of the same situation my mom kind of kept us in the house now i know because she wanted to like protect us from bad things that were going on um out there but it was kind of like um i don't even know how to describe it it was it's almost like we were I guess you realize that you're being prepared for life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, a lot of the places that we lived, it wasn't really in a, in a very, very safe neighborhood. So, um, we lived on roads and I think from roads, we lived in Spring Hill apartments and, you know, Spring Hill apartments is notorious for being ghetto. You know, it's a lot of crime and stuff that happens up there. And so, um, when I remember what was going on around us, it was just like, it wasn't really good. It was like, you know, people were always outside smoking and drinking, fighting was a normal thing. You know, people would come up with the music blasting at all hours of the night. New Year's, we slept on the floor. So it was just kind of like those situations. I don't know. I guess you, you noticed them. I don't want to get off topic. What did you ask me? Just go. <laughs> It was like in those moments, though, you just kind of notice that this is this is my world now. And um, you kind of start to grow this thick skin naturally because you realize that in order to survive, like in these like in times like that, you have to be tough. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really a tough person. I'm not. Well, back then, I, I wouldn't even say now um, I'm not really like a super hard person. So it's like at at no time that I ever feel like, you know, I had to get out there and fight for my life or something like that. I just knew that I had to basically be smart about how I move through things mm -hmm. in order for me to not get in trouble or, you know, something bad is going to end up happening to me. You just realize that there's consequences to certain things. Yes. And that you're not exempt. Yes. There was also a lot of stuff happening around us that was kind of like stuff that you saw in movies, like people getting robbed or it was like people were dying, especially when I was got older in high school. It was like kids that were my own age that were dying. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, it was just I guess things started to become more of a reality that when you are from Akron, living in Akron is a struggle and basically you have to be conscious of what's going on around you and you literally have to get in your mind what's going to get you out mm -hmm. this is not one of those cities that's like i can see myself being here me personally i couldn't see myself being here living here like basically being super successful and productive in akron it was mm -hmm. like i need to find something that's going to get me outside of this city so when did you I guess decide that or like figure that out for yourself um i think my first thought about that was when i was in high school mm -hmm. um 
I was in a program called Upper Bound at Akron U. And it was basically a program that gave us a college student experience. Mm. So we were able to live on campus at Akron U. We were able to travel to different cities, eat different cuisine. Like it was kind of like they gave you this not normal experience. Um, and I think at, in those moments, I realized that greater places than this exist. And I could see myself there. It was a, we visited a lot of um, HBCUs, like a black colleges. Mm -hmm. And so you would see students that were like, I, I, I can identify myself with her or with them. And so that gave me my first idea about moving outside of the city. Now, in between that time, it was really hard. So you have this thought in your head that's like, this is this all of this is going on around me and I'm trying to find a way out. Like I'm trying to find the best way that I can to get out of here. And it's not like, you know, it's bullets flying over my head every day, but you know, maybe someone else that is their story. But you kind of come close to it. I mean, we had a a family who lived down the street from us. His father got shot right in the corner in front of my house. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't home that day, but it was just kind of like to know that those sorts of things happen that close to your house. The man next door to us, the SWAT team <laughs> in front of our house, arrested him. And it was just kind of like. This is the world we come from. And it's like, I don't see a don't lot see of success yeah, coming I, out of here. I also don't see myself here. Yeah. I don't see my full potential in Akron. I mm. don't. Um, now, that's not to say that I don't love my city because I'm proud to be from Akron, like because it it takes a lot for somebody to be successful and to be able to get out mm -hmm. or, you know, like I said, even be successful or to stay out of trouble and just make something of your life that's yes. somewhat positive. Basically, to get on the get on the top of the bull that's going around, yeah. like, you know, it takes a lot for somebody to not be like under that influence of what typically goes on around here. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that was kind of the first moment that I realized that like, you know, I really want to move. I like when I become an adult, I really want to move out of Akron. Mm -hmm. Now I'm still here, which is not a bad thing because I've had, I've had a lot of success being in here. You know, I went to school, I have a great job, but it's like, I still want more. I still don't see myself being here. So do you feel like, because um, obviously our paths are different yeah. And when it comes to that, but do you feel like, um, let's say you were 18 years old and an opportunity came, in, like, like for me, mm -hmm. um, and you got to leave, uh, what do you feel like you would have done differently as opposed, obviously I know, I know one thing you're going to say, but outside <laughs> of that. But I'm just saying at 18 years old, because obviously that came later on. Yeah. What do you feel like would have changed? Um, I definitely would have. I would have taken more time to um, learn myself. Mm -hmm. um, I think with when you grow up and there's so much going on around you, you know, certain things start to prioritize themselves naturally. Yeah. So, you know, at that time, I wasn't truly thinking about me going to college like by the time I turned 18 college was kind of seeming really far away mm -hmm. it wasn't like 
boom, I'm about to do this. This I'm about to go to college. Because that's what everybody else is doing. And so a lot of people do have the opportunity to do that. But I was thinking about money, cost, mm. you know, I don't know, leaving home. Like, what, what was that looking like? Um, at that time, you know, there were different things going on in my immediate family that was kind of like, do I want to leave right now while this is going on? Or do I want to stay and kind of like see if I can help somewhere in here? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what I would have done. I would have taken more time to realize myself and my own strengths. That way it would make more sense, you know, what direction I actually want to go. And I would have stuck to that. Mm -hmm. Um, also, when you are, <laughs> I guess when you are living in a certain type of neighborhood and place, it's easy to be influenced by others. Well, I think environment is like when I like when I go uh, when I explain my side of it. But I think environment is like number one. I think yes. that's I think that affects everything in your life. Yes. Because at some point it's like, you know, I feel like we're like we're social and like we're tribal creatures so it's like mm -hmm. it's very hard to kind of stand by yourself for very long and it's like yes. especially when you're younger because like who doesn't want to fit in like that's that's one primal need or like instinct you have so it's yeah. like well everybody else is over here doing this so and it's I'm also not about to it's also like what what else will we be doing? I mm. guess that's how I felt at that time it was like you know like you said it's like you want to have fun I'm not thinking about you know how this is going to affect me when i'm 30 yeah or you know in, even in your 20s it's like i'm not thinking about being 25 right now i'm thinking about being 15 and 16 mm -hmm. and it was like it was those times were a lot of fun and it feels like there's it feels like 25 is super far away because that's yes. how i felt <laughs> yeah so th a lot of those times were very fun but it's like i said you know when you aren't really like if, if if it's not a priority it easily gets lost in the sauce of what's going on around you and I think that's a lot of what happened to me um, in those times is that I wasn't really focused. And um, it's almost like you kind of you you kind of get caught in this place where you can easily throw your dreams away and settle for something else that's more guaranteed, if that makes sense. So, you know, when I was thinking about going to college, um, I thought about going to college and getting married and, you know, moving and getting this and that. But it's like reality starts to set in really fast because you see other people around you. And it's like, is this really attainable for me? Like, am I the only one that's thinking about going to college and being successful? And it's I don't I just don't know. It was a big it was a big question mark in my life. So I think if I was more focused on me and I had more. I guess maybe older, I don't know, older people around me that was like driving that, like, no, take this time to focus on yourself. Yeah. Don't go do this. Don't go not. I wouldn't say waste my time, but it's like prioritize your time so you can go chill with your friends. You can go hang with your friends, do whatever you want to do. But remember, this is what's important. Mm. And a lot of that, you know, I was I was not paying attention to at that time so i spent a lot of my adult time making up for those years that i wasn't paying attention mm. so so what do you feel about as far as like your home life like do you feel like um it would have been a lot different if you had both parents in the house at the same time do you feel like it would have made a huge or like a different impact as far as like your decision coming into adulthood after high school 
That's a really hard question, if I would be honest. Um, I guess ideally, I would say yes, it would be very important to have both parents in the, in the house. Um, but it depends on what kind of parents you have. Because um, my growing up, I spent most of my, I grew my mom, well, it was me, my mom, my sister for most of my life. And then Deja came along when I was about seven or eight years old. So, you know, in between time and there, I spent um, some other time with my grandma, but my dad, um, he was around, but it was sporadic, I guess I should say. So I would, I guess, because the relationship with my dad is different, um, I don't know if it would have made my life better with him being in the house with my mom. Because if you know your parents, it's kind of like, would this have been better mm-hmm. knowing who they are? Or would it still would have been like, okay, this is it's too much going on in this house. So, so maybe, it make me make it even worse, potentially. Yeah, yeah. It might have it did something worse for us having both of them in the house at the same time. Because they, they're their own individuals, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as, as time went on and I realized what it, what it takes to be successful in this city... I mean, it was it was just really hard. Like, it's really hard. I contemplated a lot of things. This is going to be funny, actually. So, I went to school when I was 19. I started going to school to be a dental assistant. And in between being a dental, dental assistant, I got really fed up with the everyday. I didn't have a car. You know, like, I was working at Mr. Hero. So, it was like I didn't have funds. I didn't have a car. I was catching the bus to school. Some days, I would be at school for almost 12 hours. And I remember myself like, okay, what else can I do to make money? And I grew up on the west side, and I grew up on Thornton Street. And everybody knows, like, the V is a whole bunch of dope boys down there. So I literally asked somebody, like, teach me how to sell drugs. And thankfully... (laughs) Time out. Time out. I never was told this story. So I told you it was going to be funny, so... Thankfully, I don't know, maybe this person or You whatever, slinging the Buddha? I never sold him. I never. <laughs> Thankfully, this person was looking at me like, nah, you're like way too smart. I don't even think you want to get into that. Like they was looking at me like, are you serious? And I was like, yes. I'm like, I need to, I need another way to make money. And they was like, no, like you really need to go to school or do something else. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and so... I can't even picture you. <laughs> I can't picture you walking up somewhere and giving drugs <laughs> to somebody. But listen, though, I would be on the floor. The reality of it is, is like when you're around people like that and you see what they have. Yeah. It's like you aspire. That's what you aspire to, because that looks like success. Yeah. It looks like they have freedom. They can go and do whatever they want. They have cars. And they're respected. Yeah. And it's just like. I wanted that. Like, I was just like, I wanted to have my own freedom to the point where it was like, I'm quote unquote financially, I can do whatever I want because I basically can get fast money. Mm-hmm. And it was like, a lot of these people at that time, because that can trick you, at that time, nothing was happening to nobody. Everybody was out here getting money or whatever. Everybody was looking nice. And, you know, you rarely heard about anybody being in and out of jail. But now, a lot of those people down there, they're dead. And mm. so it's like, you know, you got to be careful because sometimes your environment is like, it looks sexy, it looks sweet, but it's like. Over time. Over time. Yeah, time definitely tells. So 
you know, I'm thankful that I really was one of those people who was like, nah, you, you really probably should just stick to your guns, girl. Maybe it's because I was soft. And it was like, you ain't going to make it. But anyways. Or, so, that's, or that's God. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, you know, it was a struggle for me balancing, you know, sticking to school and staying on my grind and stuff like that. But it's just been, Akron is just a really, it's a really hard place, I feel like, to get to that successful part and hold on to it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like how to take off with it. Because some people around here, they're really successful and it's like the next moments of success, like it's short-lived. Sometimes it's really short-lived and some people actually make it out. And then, you know, it's not, I'm not saying it to be like, you know, negative or downplaying. All I'm saying is that it's really hard and you really got to stick to your guns. Like, don't get caught up in this flashy, fancy stuff that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Keep your eye on where you want to be. If you want to be doing business out the country, you want to be doing business in Atlanta, you want to be doing business in California, keep your eye on it because it's like, don't lose it because that's really... The, the time is going to pass so fast and you don't want to be, you know, spending more time trying to fix your life when it was like, if you would have just paid attention right there. Or jumping. On a, yeah. Or jumping around from one thing to the next. Yeah. So. Interesting. That's how it was nice in, a, in a nutshell. Nice to know. Um, <laughs> you were about to be a drug dealer. Okay. Got it. All right. What? You're interesting. That's what I'll say. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just, it was, it was a lot going on. And I guess it was, it was easy. It was easy for me to get sucked up in a lot of those things because it was literally like right at my front door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that's, um, that's very common in our culture though. Um, I think, uh, I guess going back to the environment thing, I think that's like something where you don't realize it because it's like everybody believes that they're a leader, like Mm -hmm. naturally. So it's like, I do this because like this is what I like or like this is what I feel like doing. But it's like when you really think about it, it's like your friends probably do the exact same things as you do. And it's like conforming, basically. So it's like if this person doesn't like what I do. I'm going to go find three other people that do the exact same thing to make me feel good about what I'm doing. Yes. Like a drug dealer is probably not about to go hang out with somebody that is a billionaire. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the beginning, at least like obviously like we do. Nowadays, you know, drug dealers that know how to like they their vision was that. Right. So they go find those people. But I guess what I'm saying is somebody that's like they're kind of in the trenches and they're like their mindset on this thing. They're probably not hanging out with somebody that's like uh honor student in college right mm-hmm. they, they could be an honor student selling drugs though <laughs> but what i'm saying is is like those are two different worlds right and so it's just like i i believe that at least from my experience this far and um being somebody that did leave their hometown mm-hmm. and thinking about the person that i became once i left i think that environment was like the it's the i think it's the biggest factor yeah. um outside of somebody's natural temperament right because i think i have family that i know that if they did what i did they would have been back home in like in less than a year right because they just 
I just think it's, it's it it takes a certain type of person to be able to leave and go somewhere where there's like you have no family. Like yes. you're basically starting over. Yeah. Um. So is I think it, that's why a lot of people get stuck in Akron because I think in are, all hometowns, I think most hoods too. I think I mm-hmm. think I think for the most part, and I could be wrong. I think there's at least there's at least half the people in your family have had an opportunity at some point where they could have left. Yeah, they could have jumped and or went to even a different city, mm-hmm. right? And they, nah, that ain't gonna work. I'm not gonna do that. Because I think that it's like it's so familiar. Yeah, that it's, it's like, comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable. It's familiar, and it's like sometimes moving is like the thought of it is like you don't have that safety net, or a lot of people literally can't. They feel like I don't know. I don't know I anybody. Do. I don't know what I don't know anybody, or it's like I don't know what I would do if I don't have this person to lean on. Mm-hmm. And now it's becoming more of people are getting more comfortable jumping. And I love that because it's like, bro, just just leave. Like if you literally have an opportunity to leave, I guarantee you that it's like I would rather leave and fail and have to come back and have to come back and regroup or whatever than to stay here. And it's like, I'm going to regret this. And I just settle. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, sometimes and I'm not just saying for Akron, I'm saying anywhere where anybody feels like. I'm scared to leave home. It's like, but I know there's something better. Yes, you know that there's something better. So I was gonna say, like, reevaluate why you're even staying. Mm-hmm. A lot of people stay because it's so comfortable that, you know, they know that everybody knows them, mm-hmm. or it's like that popularity factor, which Akron is super saturated with. Or it's Basically, just like a like it's not even success. It's just more so of like a a, a facade of success. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm successful here because. I know these people and like I have enough money to like maneuver the way I want to. So at the end of the day, like for basic needs and like, I guess, significance, Mm -hmm. this is enough. But it's factual, though, that I mean, this is just my own opinion. I think it's it's a fact that Akron does offer a lot because you have a lot of hustlers out here. You have a lot of people that are great with their um the, the the crafts and the callings that they're into. Akron definitely needs people. They need certain people in place, but there's so many, like there's so many people in Akron that have crazy talents. You guys gotta disperse. Mm. I feel like that's why Akron is, is it's like it's it's kind of almost holding itself back because it's like nobody feels like it can be multiple people in the same city doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to hold on to this thing like I created this. This is mine. I'm the best one in the city who can do it. Nobody else can do this. Yeah, it's like no collaboration. And then it's like um, ego, like very fragile egos because it's like, well, mm-hmm. if I put this person on or I help this person, then that's taken away from me. It's crabs in a barrel mentality. Yeah. That's typical black culture, in my opinion. It is like that a lot of places. And I, I don't know. I guess I just feel like, you know, I see other places where not just black businesses are booming, but businesses in general. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's a lot more love floating around. Yeah. Or if it's not. And, and, yeah. Or know? if it's not love, it's more so of like we both. But like like this is an opportunity for us to both. Yeah. Like get, I see you have success. Yeah. yeah. We can we can get money doing this. And we, it's like I'm not there's no secret hate here. Yeah. This is like we're this, we're doing business. We don't have to be best friends. We're not about to go break bread at the dinner table. But like this is an opportunity for us to yes. move forward. Like I could put that to the side. And another part I'm before I ask you about yours. I just wanted to say that um, I realized that 
in bigger cities also, there's a lot more opportunities for certain types of businesses. Mm -hmm. So if you, a lot of people say that Atlanta doesn't solve your problems, but sometimes it does because Atlanta is one of those places where it's like, it's huge. And it's like, people are really into makeup and hair and being on the scene. And it's like, that calls for a lot of things. It calls for being in shape. So they need trainers. It calls for people who know how to build schedules and marketing because you have people who are trying to get places. Yeah, moving shakers. Yes. And yep. so it's like, you know, that's another reason why I say go ahead and move because you will have more success because there's a need where you're going. Yeah, I agree. Definitely demographic matters. Yes. So, you know, that's that's my spill, you know, about how I how I grew up and how I guess it feel like it molded me. I guess it molded me into this person that's like, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Until I get where I want to be, I'm going to keep going because, you know, I just feel like there's so much more out there. And it's kind of like that's that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And now you got a little one that's looking at you. Yes, <laughs> too. And a muffin on the way. <laughs> yeah, so that's still a dream of mine, though. I still want to get out of Akron. I still want to be bigger than bigger than this than what I am now I feel like I'm doing great but I want to be way greater like national mm. yes national Ashley yeah so All I right. guess that's a good way to segue into how you got here how I got here <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say it like that I mean Akron is great I love that I'm from Akron but I always, when I see, when I meet somebody that moves here, I always want to know, like, how did you end up in Akron? So do you want me to go, like, back, back? Like you went back in the Cadillac? Start start in your childhood and bring us up into the moment that you moved here. I don't really know where to start as far as childhood. Um, So for those that don't know, um, I'm from Stanford, Connecticut. Um, Born and raised. Uh, My grandfather's still there. Uh, rest in peace to my grandma, but they still have the same house. They're still there. Uh, I had a lot of family that was there. Um, people have kind of dispersed and moved um, as we've gotten older. Um, but my mom is still in Connecticut. She lives in like the town over. My dad does as well. My sister's still there. But um, I would say that at, mm, I would say at around like five years old, and I guess it's just because I, I was always somebody that paid attention. I started to have those feelings where it was like, um, not that I wanted to leave, but I guess I started to realize that like, all right, like everybody is not growing up the exact same. Like mm-hmm. I'm at school. There's kids like there's kids that are um, their parents are coming to pick them up from school. And like I have to ride the bus and then I'm going to my grandma's house after and my mom is picking me up and then we're going home. So <clears throat> it was just like, I think I picked up on that really early at a very early age than most kids do. So I guess that's where like, um, I've always, I'm always somebody where I, I'm like, I'm naturally observant, even if I'm not saying it. Yeah. So I think as I started to get older and over time we moved like I moved to different schools and we moved to different places. So I was exposed to different kids. So um, elementary school, I went to a normal public school or whatever. And I got in a lot of trouble when I was younger. Um, 
my parents were divorced when I was, I think I was five. And when I used to see kids together with their parents and stuff, it used to, like, I used to get really emotional about that. Like, mm-hmm. you could never say anything about my dad. I would break down and start crying. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I used to be really upset cause I just couldn't understand why they weren't together. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Like, I just don't get it. Like, why are my parents not together and why are they together? Like, I just don't, it doesn't make sense. So I would start blaming myself. Like, maybe it's because, like, me and my sister are here. And, like, if we weren't here. So, you know, like, you're a kid. You try to, like, rationalize those oh, things. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't make no sense. But to you, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that used to really bother me was the kids at school used to play after school sports. And I couldn't play sports because my mom was so busy. Like, she had to travel. She had to pick my sister up. Yeah. And so she had to do things. And as I got older, I started to realize, like, that was something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to kind of, like, get in trouble for things like that because, like, um, when we were on the playground and stuff, it used to be the kids that played sports and then it would be the kids that didn't play sports who had to be on the opposite <laughs> yeah. team. And I was just as athletic as the kids that played sports. I just didn't play sports. So it used to be unfair. And I used to have a bad temper, so I used to be ready to fight. <laughs> or I would just I would just get in trouble. I didn't listen or whatever the case may be. So I stayed getting in trouble. Um I missed field day probably two or three times in my time at elementary oh, no. school. I was, I was bad. Like, <laughs> so um, when I got to middle school, I ended up going to a private school. And then this is where I was exposed to like, all right, like there are people out here that like, like they're like, you know, how we see athletes and they're millionaires and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you never like, you're never around somebody that has those things like that has a, a Lamborghini or a Porsche. You don't really get to see that. Yeah. So when I got to the private school, it was like there was there was kids driving BMWs and Mercedes and then their parents were pulling up in Ferraris and like they had all these nice cars. They had these big old houses. So like one of these kids I became friends with, we used to drive past this house all the time. It was like gated. I ended up becoming friends with with a kid. He was in the same class as me. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to his house and it was like they had Ferraris. They had this big old land. Um, He basically had like a whole floor to himself, all this stuff. So it was like okay, like, like, this is actually real, like, because, you know, like, when you see entertainers and athletes, it almost feels like it's unreal, like, well, ain't nobody in my family is, is ever do, gonna do that. are doing those things, so, like, that's just not for us, like, yeah. we just admired those people, mm-hmm. so it was like, okay, like, this is like a, this is like a real thing, like, a normal person can have these things, like, you don't have to be on TV or famous, so, fast forward from there, I ended up, like, leaving the school in sixth grade, because I was getting a lot of trouble, I didn't I didn't fit in. And another thing about me and I think my mom realized that really early on. I was one of those kids where it was like if I don't agree to like if I feel like I don't agree to something you're doing or I don't like I'm like I'm not feeling this, I'm not conforming to that. I don't care. So that's where that that's where that was birthed. Was uh 5th like, grade. Yeah. Um we had this play. I think that was the first time that I actually felt comfortable doing it because I like when I was younger I would just give in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was points in times like, and I was playing that were just like, I wasn't being true to myself, but I remember this play. Um, they had given all these parts to everybody by default and I couldn't sing, but at that time I couldn't understand that I wanted this role and I didn't care. So if I didn't get the role, I don't want to do it. So, um, I think Aladdin was like the main, the main role. So they gave it to this boy and this girl, whatever. And they were, they were perfect for this role. Like there's no way that I was going to do that, but <laughs> I didn't like the role that they gave me because I was like, I want to do something else. I don't want to stand behind this thing and hold this and like, like, no, I don't want to do that. 
So everybody was complaining about their roles. I still remember this. And so the, the teacher stopped everybody and he was like, if if anybody has an issue with the, the roles they have or they don't like it, you can walk off stage right now. So I walked off stage and I was the <laughs> only person that walked off stage and sat down. And I think after that, I realized like um, I'm different. Yeah. But I don't care. Mm-hmm. I think that's where that was birthed. Like, I don't care. Um, obviously, I've had a point in time where I still conformed and I still gave in. And I more so did that when I got here, right? So, th- and I guess the the reason for it was because I was uncomfortable, right? I was uncomfortable showing who I was because yeah. now I don't have my family to back me up. Like I know when I walked off that stage, my mom's still gonna love me, and I'm still gonna see my mom, I'm still gonna see my At sister. The the They're all gonna be there and have yeah. my back, right? So I I always knew I had that mm-hmm. back at home because my mom was. She enforced that like you are it's OK for you to be who you are as long as you're being respectful. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Um, so then when I got to middle school after leaving the private school or whatever, I started becoming somewhat of a follower because I felt like I was. a. I guess I felt like I didn't fit into the private school. So like I'm supposed to be here. So I'm maybe I'm supposed to be like these kids because yeah. like we all growing up the same way. So I got picked on too. So I got picked on a lot because I was real small um, and I got in a lot of trouble. And then my mom realized, and I guess that was, that, that was probably the biggest blessing that I've ever gotten is that she switched me, switched towns. Mm-hmm. And when I switched towns, that was the birth of the person I am today. Um, so when I got to high school, I got away from all the kids that I was getting in trouble with and I became really quiet. Um, and I stopped getting in so much trouble. And then that's when I started playing sports. And so I started wrestling and wrestling was kind of something that really calmed me down. Like Mm -hmm. it gave me, it gave me a purpose in a sense, right. As a kid, right. I always had something to look forward to. And then I got introduced to the weight room. Mm -hmm. So it was like, all these things started to become a birth in high school. And then, um, I ended up meeting, I ended up starting liking girls or whatever. And senior year, I got my heart broken really bad. So that kind of was like the last straw for me where it was like, I'm out of here. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm getting out of here. So um, I had been looking up Mountain Union for a minute. I, we used to get these magazines and they, and so I reached out to the wrestling coach or whatever. And he just started calling me. Like he called me all the time. Yeah. So he would call me like almost every weekend. And so I was like, there's no way that like, we're not going to Ohio. Like, mm-hmm. who lives in Ohio? Like, what the hell? So, I and I thought Isn't Ohio. Isn't that crazy? Like, for a split second, you're like, I'm not, I can't do this. Yeah. It was, I, I was convinced. So, I ended up talking to this. I was, like, texting this girl one day because she was, we were talking about college stuff or whatever. And, like, she was super smart. So, she was, like, going off to, like, I don't know what school. She had, like, scholarship or whatever. And so, she was asking me what I was going to do. And I was like, well, this coach is calling me for wrestling or whatever. And the school looks cool, but my parents ain't about to take me to no Ohio. Like mm-hmm. my mom's definitely not taking me to Ohio. So she was like, why don't you just ask your dad and just see what they say? Like, they, like he might say yes. I was like, all right. So I just went on a way. My text him. I was like, Hey, um, this coach wants me to come out for an orientation on this day or whatever. And he was, my dad was like, okay. He's like, we're going to try to make this happen. So I was shocked. I was like, what? Like, yeah. like we about to go to Ohio. What the hell? So at first I thought I was like, he bluffing. He just saying yes or whatever. Just to say yes. Uh-huh. Like when the time come, he going he gonna to make some reason why we can't go. But he's he got the car and he set it up and everything. So and the funny thing is, so when we were coming out here, LeBron was making his decision. Uh-huh. So this was like on the radio or whatever. So he makes his decision to leave. So we come and visit. Um, and I was nervous as hell. Like 
I barely talked the entire weekend. Like, I met one friend that we room with. I barely talked to anybody. So, at this point, you were already enrolled. Like, you already... No. You were just visiting. So, I was just visiting okay. and... um. No, actually, this the first time I came here, we were just meeting with the coaches and seeing the campus. This was the next time I came. That was the orientation. So, okay. um, so we went. We came, whatever. I was nervous. And so when we got off the highway, it was nothing but, like, fields and these, like, gigantic fields and these houses. So, my, so when we got off the highway, my dad was like, where are we going? <laughs> so then finally we got to the city of Alliance, and it was, like, totally different. You could, like, Mount Union literally brings that city oh, out yeah, yeah so we got there it was real nice we met the coaches or whatever um and then orientation came so we had to go back so um i ended up having this one friend or whatever my dad roomed with his dad and my dad is different like he's real social or whatever and like he naturally picks up friends i'm like my mom i'm quiet and i'm real observant of my environment before you before you get to see who i am like i've grown more out of that now just like as a trainer and stuff like mm-hmm. that like i've had it grown out of it but at that time, no, I was not like that at all. I was real quiet, um, and I was shy. So um, we go through orientation or whatever. It's fine. So I enrolled, and then I end up so end up coming out here for freshman year. I literally wanted to come home every single day <laughs> for a semester. Every day, I cried on the phone a couple times. I was like, I want to come home. Um, I could just go to school this day, like. I'm not really making friends. I don't like classes, nothing. So you were in that stage where we were talking about earlier where a lot of people are, they're scared because stuff like that happens. Yeah. It's like you get here and it's like, well, what do I do now? And I was playing football. So I came here, so I was on the football team, but it was not like going at all how I wanted. Uh So I was like getting yelled at. Um, The other kids, I felt like the other kids were more talented. Now I think about it, they were not. They were no different. It was more of like a, a mind thing with me. Yeah, like I would, I would do these mental things, and I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, in sports, period. Um, so fast forward, like um, we go to second semester. So now I finally start making friends. So I, I meet, um, I meet Zach. I meet a couple people on my floor, or whatever. So like we start hitting it off, whatever. Finals weekend, everybody was kicking it, and we, we just, it just changed for me. Like the second semester, I was like, all right, like mm-hmm. I think I could do this now. Like, I stuck it out, basically. Um, and then uh, we go home for the summer, but I'm still, like, contemplating. Like, I, I don't know if I want to go back. Like, I think I want to stay home. Like, I still, like, at this point, I'm changing majors because I don't like the major I'm doing. I was, like, a criminal justice and, like, math major, mm-hmm. um, which is weird as hell now to even think about. Uh, maybe not the criminal justice part, but knowing myself now, no, not at all. Um, so I ended up switching, I ended up finding out exercise science is a, like, that's a major. Like, I didn't think that even existed. So I was like, let me go see what this is about. So like, that's kind of was the birth of me as far as like, I always was training, but I, but I, I guess the love for the science came from that. Like, okay, like there's actual like science and people like study this and like, this isn't just going in the gym and just working out. Like, Mm -hmm. this is like, it's a lot more to this. And then my advisor, she was like, she was young. And she made it fun. Like she made it fun to learn and she made it fun to be young and be into like wanting to learn stuff. Like, and I could talk to her about stuff like we could relate. So it made school fun. Like I started to want to study and I started to get really good grades. Not that I didn't get good grades in high school, but it like shift for me. Like, mm-hmm. I guess like the person, like how I am with like books and stuff now, that person started to like come alive then. Yeah, well, um, that was like a brainiac, y'all. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. What do you, where, 
didn't you help me with my stats? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, was, I think I, was I got a stat an A tutor. in stats. Please. Without Wendell, nah. That wouldn't happen. Um, but yeah, so I would say, um, I guess I don't know where I'm going with this at this point. But <laughs> uh, basically, like throughout college, I started to become more comfortable not being home, basically. So it was yeah. like um, I spent most of my time not home. I would come home for the summer. And for the most part, I was at school. So um, I got used to just not being home and it started to become basically second nature. Like, hey, this is this is what it is. Like, I guess I'm also somebody where one of the things I'm really good at is like submitting to reality Mm -hmm. and not living in like fantasy land. So it's like to me, it was like, all right, you could sit over here and wish for whatever or wish for it to be this way. Or you could just submit to reality that this is what it is and make it the best you possibly can make it. And how is it bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go to college. Like, I'm the first person to go to college. And I went away. Yeah. I'm getting my degree. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, that. that's what it became. Um, and um, so now, fast forward, we're getting to senior year now. And I have no idea what I want to do for my career at, at this point. Um, I don't want to be a personal trainer. That's not what I want to do. I just know that I love exercise science and... Is it physical therapy school? Is it chiropractor? So I remember I was in this anatomy of physiology class and it's like 60 of us in this class. And the teacher's like, all right, so how many people are like looking to go to physical therapy school? And like 50 of the kids raised their hand. So right there, I was like, well, nope, not getting into physical therapy school because most of these kids in here, GPAs is way higher than mine. Because like the first year I struggled, like I, I failed classes, I got C's or whatever. So like, I knew I wasn't getting to physical therapy school. So um, I was like, okay, I got to figure something out. So my advisor ended up telling me about a GA position at Akron or whatever. So I applied for it and I got it. Yeah. Um, And basically that's what landed me at Akron. Um, And Akron was the first time of me actually living by myself, right? Mm -hmm. Because in college, you're kind of still protected by a bubble. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're in school. So it's like, it's not technically living by yourself. Like I'm living on campus and I have tuition and like Mm -hmm. they're, they're like, it's basically I'm taking out loans to be paid to be here and I get food and all that other stuff. I lived in like a townhouse and stuff like that, but it wasn't. It's not the same as living by yourself. By yourself. You're responsible for yeah. different things. Like I have a car and a car note and I got to pay rent and all that stuff. I didn't have to do that when I was in college. Uh-huh. So when I moved here, um, now it forced even more, like it forced another another level of me, another level or another side of me to come out. So, um, and it also was a chance for me to start over, right? Mm-hmm. So when I got here, um, I jumped again. Because when I moved here, I didn't have a job. So I had a, a couple thousand dollars saved up. I had just got my, I just got my first car. Mm-hmm. And basically my parents uh, took me to go. Uh, we went, my, my parents helped me bring my stuff into the house in Cleveland when we moved in. And PC, that was it. Um, and from there, it was like I had to figure this out. So um, I was used to do dietary aid at home during the summer. That used to be my summer job. And then, so when I got here, I was like, okay, let me see if they have dietary aid jobs here. I don't know if they do. And I ended up finding the Merriman. So mm-hmm. I got hired there, and then that's how we met. Um, but I guess what I would say is if I would have stayed home, 
I don't think that not that I wouldn't been the person I am because I think I've always been somewhat responsible. Like my mom was my mom was one of those parents where it was like she wasn't a coddler. Like she she but she also didn't force us to do things. She like set her expectations of what they were and then she led by example. Like yeah. this is what I expect. So I knew how to wash clothes at 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I had to clean my room up. I had to like I knew how to make dinner and stuff like that. Like I like she she forced us to like grow up fast, right? Like me and my sister. My sister's older, mm-hmm. um, and then my sister was the example because like she she went and got her first job and like she got her own car, and then she went and got her own place. So I so I basically saw that stuff. So I knew like I had an idea of how to be responsible, mm-hmm. but if I would have stayed home, I think I would have more so linked on the fact that I had them, yeah. right? And so. I don't got to get my own place right now because I could just stay with my mom. Mm-hmm. And and not that I didn't want my own place, but I would have probably, it, it probably, it just wouldn't have forced certain things out of me. And then also um, meeting you, like, and we get into a relationship and now there's a kid involved. So it puts me on, a, on another side of the table where it's like, all right, you're not the kid anymore. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, now you're also not the youngest. Like, I think it's something about when you're the youngest child, it's like, you know, you always got big, like I have big sister there and I have mm-hmm. mom there, right? I have these people that are going to always have my back, right? And and they're, they can make decisions for mm-hmm. me, right? I don't, because if you notice, like when I go home, I'm real quiet. Like I don't, I don't yeah. really, I don't have to say or, or say much because like they're, that's how our personalities, that. our dynamics work in the house. Yeah. Like my mom's aggressive, my sister's aggressive. And like, that's what I, so that's what I'm used to. So when I got here, it was like, all right, you got to make decisions. Like, not that I ever had an issue with, like, getting up in the morning and nothing like that. I've always done that. So, like, I never had no issues with that, even in college. I can get up in the morning. I could go to class. I could do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was like, now you have to be an adult and make decisions. You got to pay bills. Um, and now you and Adrian are looking at me like, all right, what are we going to do here? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. That's, what do you want to do? That's really that's really funny because I remember when we moved together and you may not have noticed that, but a lot of stuff that you were making decisions on, it was like, let me call my mom, let yeah. me call my dad. And in my head, I was like, you know, you're grown you yeah. that by yourself. Because that's what I always did. Yeah. I always had them. So it was like, it was a big transition for me where it was like, you know that you could go trade your car and get the car like you can get another car you don't have to call them and ask and them you're smart enough to do that yeah and I, that's i think that's uh that's interesting because it's like where when i grew up it was like oh you got to figure this out on your own like yeah. straight out the gate it was just like and i i also think that has a downside to it but there's a a huge upside that you know you kind of gain your independence mm-hmm. and it's like you you gain that confidence that i'm capable of doing this mm-hmm. as an adult yeah because i that's how i grew up mm-hmm and it, you know it's still something that I still struggle with to this day um like sometimes I do get stuck where it's like I don't know I don't know what I sh- I don't know if I should be doing this or I'm about yeah. to, I'm about to call my dad <laughs> about yeah. this real quick or I'm about to call my mom and ask her about this real quick but I wish I could call my parents on certain things and it's like you know a lot of times I I think I get stuck because I'm like well they might they may have never experienced this themselves yeah so it's like two sides to it definitely um but i think that was the the greatest gift of it is that it forced me to not rely on the safety net and also not that like i'm a i'm not a mama's boy or a daddy's boy or anything like that but it was more so of like again like i'm saying like i know that i'm starting to develop that that thing inside of me where it's like um you have to show up no matter what 
right? Mm-hmm. And you got to make decisions no matter what. So it's like, I know that my mom has my back. Like if, if it if it really came down to it, I know that she has my back. I know that my dad has my back. I know that my sister has my back. Yeah. But they're seven, eight hours away, right? Yes. So on a day-to-day, the only person back that, like, like I have to run to me. I don't mm-hmm. have nowhere else to run. Yeah. Right? So I think that I developed that that mentality where it's like I'm going to show up no matter what because like who's going to show up right Mm -hmm. and then now I know that I have y'all counting on me right so it's like even when I don't want to I know that I have y'all watching me so it's like I always have to be the example so it's like even when I don't feel like it Mm -hmm. I still have to and not that I haven't struggled because I have struggled with that like I've struggled with that a lot but overall I think that it's like coming here has molded me into that person where it's like I know I can endure and I know I'm resilient and I know I'm going to figure it out. And I know that people aren't going to deny me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want, like, think about where, where I started at. Like, I started at, I started six years ago. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And look how much stuff I've done in six years. There's people that have lived here their whole life haven't done nothing. Yeah. There's people that live back at home that haven't done nothing. I did this, I like, all of the, the, the relationships, um, graduating from school remember working all those jobs i was sleeping two three hours a night yeah literally i was working like three or four jobs still trying to figure that out i was uh i was teaching class Mm -hmm. all that stuff and it's like all that stuff uh showed me how strong i was like yeah outside of my family like i'm strong enough like as a person on my own yes um and and a lot of people discount that because some people they think that i i am i am here doing everything on my own mm-hmm. but to be from a city where everybody knows you it's it's kind of not the same because yeah. it's like even though you kind of wake up and you're independent you do things quote-unquote on your own but a lot of those in between times you have a lot of people that you can depend on because you've known them you've been here in Akron your whole life well I think that's like anywhere quickly depend on them so it's like mm-hmm. even if you have a lot of connections it's like oh I'm, I know who to call yeah when I get in this situation I know who to call and it's like like you said if you get into something yeah you can call your parents you can call your sister whatever but it's like like you said they're eight hours away so in the moment what could they really do for me and I think also that's why a lot of people out here are um, either intimidated or they um, misunderstand me mm-hmm. because it's like the energy is very different. Yeah. Like my, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm not normal. Like the, my mentality is very different. So it's like certain, like, like complaining about having to get up in the morning or complaining about having to do certain things. It's like, I don't really, I can't relate to that because it's like, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to like sleep for two or three hours a night. You're complaining because your vacation ended. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't relate to that. Like those certain things, like I just, I can't feel that. Or like at the end of the day, you could get in the car and go home and like see your family. Like yeah. I, I went almost three years without seeing my mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of that stuff we take for granted, especially like you have to think of the, we call that geogra- geographics. Yeah. Um, Like a lot of Akron, you can reach the, the next side of Akron in 10 minutes or less. But I'm just saying it's like, it's a certain it's a certain feeling to know you could get in the car and be like, I'm just going to go see my mom today. I'm just going to, I'm going to go see my best friend. I'm going to go see my best friend today. I don't like, I don't, I don't have that. So it's like, the only thing I had to focus on was like you guys. And then what I'm doing as far as my career, like that's Mm -hmm. all it was. It was like, um, I had a best friend here. We're not going to get into all that stuff, but it was like, 
we're not we don't talk like that no more the relationship's not the same no more so it was like all right what do you do again like i said it's that thing like i submit to reality the mm -hmm. reality is is that this is what it is so you can go home and start over yeah or you can figure this shit out and move forward and it's just something about me where it's like um going back home just wasn't that wasn't that was that and not that it wasn't an option it just that would i would i would regret yeah and i didn't want to do that so it was like during those first couple of years when it was rough like you know it was rough for us too not having money having to be up at all those times mm -hmm. i could have just been like man bump this degree i'm going home i already got a bachelor's degree mm -hmm. i'm about to go home and figure this out before i came here the summer before i moved here i was making i was making over like four thousand dollars a month and i had no bills but a car, car note i could have just been and i went from that to ten dollars an hour Mm -hmm. Less, Be like barely getting yeah. by. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I could have li literally been like, "Man, bump this. I'm going back to that job." Yeah. But I also realized this too, and I and I think there's a lesson in this. I realized that most things that feel good in the moment are traps, mm -hmm. right? Because anytime you grow as a person, it never feels good, ever. Yes, yeah, rough. It never feels good. It's always it's always something rough. When you have kids in the beginning, right? It's the roughest shit in the world. But when you look back, you you appreciate it. Like Absolutely. I love my kid to death, especially when they're successful, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it, it's it's the most rewarding thing. Like that's and I feel like that's why my mom says that because like what she went through, and she looks at us and it's like that was worth it. Like she was a teen mom, but it's like. It was worth it was worth it because look at where my kids are now. Like I'm mm -hmm. I'm a proud parent. My mom is the same way. Yeah. So it's so it's like um, what I realized is that like that job was a trap, right? I could have stayed there, and who knows? I I could have probably figured out how to do business or do something or whatever the case may be. But I just know that the mentality that I had at that time, I was not thinking that way. Mm -hmm. So I probably I think I would have just got comfortable. I'm making good money. This ain't no career. The hours are rigorous, like they could be anything and they can yeah. lay you off whenever. Like this is the type of job it was. So it was like you just I think sometimes people have to like take a step back and realize that like your struggle or you moving away from home and that struggle, it's gonna pull some things out of you that you didn't realize you had in yourself. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There's things about myself that I didn't know that I had inside of me. Like I didn't know I had the ability to get up at those times and like go go to school and figure all those things out yes. and at 23 years old become a step parent and um you know uh being a uh, like a serious relationship and try to figure those things out working a job like understanding how to pay bills and like I'm still learning now but it's like I don't I don't regret it you know what I mean like I don't oh, have yeah. I don't have those type of regrets do I wish I would have done little things differently now that i'm older like i'm i'm like six seven years later absolutely everybody would say the same thing but overall i don't have those regrets um i love my career obviously there's things about it i don't like mm -hmm. but um i feel like i feel like i've um i feel like i'm becoming the person that i i, I i'm proud of absolutely right it's not I'm not perfect, but I'm I'm becoming the person I'm proud of. And I think that if I didn't leave home, yes, I don't know if I would feel the same way. I feel like I would be always having that wonder or like there's more. I do feel like there's more now, but it's a different feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. That's kind of where I stand with it. Um, and then now, like, you know, about to be a biological dad, it's like it's a whole nother 
a whole nother step that's about to be taken because now it's like, all right, I got this little girl and it's like, she's going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. So like, that's going to be a whole nother stage. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I guess what I want to tell people is that just don't, don't run from, don't run from your struggles. Social media will have you feeling like, you know, now, nowadays you don't even have to, you know, most people aren't pursuing success because you can just pretend and fake it online and you got to always look like you always have it together and you don't have to that's part of growth um and it's okay you know what i mean like it's okay like um i worked a job where i was making nine dollars an hour you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and we 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 were trying to figure it out you have to go through those things um and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful or that it's going to work out perfectly but it's like it'll lead you to the next thing but you have to go through it you can't sit there and, and stay stuck in it or you can't sit there and just you know be uh blame everybody for for where you're at so i don't know i'm about to go off on a tangent but <laughs> you get my point so that's my that's my spiel um i personally feel like leaving home is a life hack same i still want to leave home yeah i feel like leaving home is a life hack that's just my opinion um, I ain't gonna lie. I've been trying to leave home for a long time now, mm-hmm. and you know different things happen. But that's still uh, that's still definitely a big goal of mine. I want to get out of Akron. I want to leave. I got to see what some other place has to offer. My my feelings towards Akron's kind of mixed. I guess the way I look at it is I don't know a ton of people. Um, it's just different from the East Coast. East Coast is really fast paced and like aggressive and so i've had to learn to kind of channel that energy differently because like i come with that i come with i come with that naturally like aggressive energy like that passive aggressive stuff don't really like it doesn't vibe with me but it's like you lose a lot of people out here when you're like that so Mm -hmm. it's like you got to kind of know how to maneuver and adjust yeah so that's been a big transition for me because like where i'm from it's just it's not like outright rude but it's more aggressive like direct and aggressive and like people are going to get it you know what i mean here's like some people like in my opinion they try to play like they're successful and they're really not or they're really about something that they're really not and i'm just just an opinion um that's a that's a true fact there's a a lot of people out here that are faking like they're successful Mm -hmm. and or they just want to see it with your own eyes it's not just something that's on social media that's not to downplay and say that akron don't have like everybody's faking that's not true no i know a lot of people that are out here getting it yeah it's a lot of hustlers and actors who are actually making like that honest dollar like that's like this is my craft this is what i'm into and i I care about this or they're not even making honest they're not even like they're not balling but they're real people yeah they're really like they're real genuine people yes they're really into what they're doing and it's like they put their heart and soul into stuff and it's a lot of people in akron that's like it looks good, so they have to get on the bandwagon and be like, oh, well, I want to look good, too. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be careful. And like I said earlier, focus on what you want. Keep your eye on what you want and stay true to it. Don't. Yeah, stay ten toes down. Yeah, don't let it, you know, waver for nobody else. Don't start doing something that's like, I don't have no business doing this because in the long run, you don't have to do a lot of backtracking. So. Mm-hmm. And don't run from the struggle. Mm-hmm. Brace that. You got to go through it. Yes, ma'am. So that's it for today, you guys. Um, Thank you for listening. And 
make sure to leave us a rating on Spotify. You can leave us a rating um, there. You can leave a five star or whatever you want, but we like the five star. Yeah, leave a five star. <laughs> don't be, if you want to put a one star on there, don't listen to our podcast no more. Or at least say why. If you're going to no, leave No, don't. No, stop. If you're going to leave us a one star, be bold and tell us why you left a one star. Call me. <laughs> so, um, like our support page on Life on Us podcast. And um, if you want us to mention your comments when we do our next show, you can. Peace out. Until next time, y'all. Get some. Thank you for listening to the On Life On Us podcast. If you found value in this episode, please share with a friend. Also, don't forget to like our Facebook page called On Life On Us podcast, where you will find our email to send in questions and comments and future topics. Get some.